Sit down if you want to. Right in the middle of what's going on. I'm in the middle of an interrogation. Take a seat, young Skywalker. The middle children of history, man. Middle of the day, Alfred. Please, take a seat there. Right now, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Stop the middle of the base hit! Meeting in the middle. Fight, fight. They fought for the freedom of middle. 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 The middle of the middle of the middle. The middle of a war. Friggin' ridiculous. Why don't we have a seat to talk about? No, not the middle seat. When you need a minute to look it over, it's time for a freeze frame, where Nate Lungarini, Andrew Roger, and Jake Hensler of the middle seats. And this show is designed to pause and take a quick look at a movie from the past and see how it holds up with a closer look. These are always spoiler-filled reviews, but if you're curious about the movie and don't want to be spoiled, look for the ratings time code in the description below. Alright, so this week, gentlemen, we're going to be taking a look at Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. Ooh, it's gonna be a scorcher today. Good morning, Miss Mother's sister. Now, Mookie, don't work too hard today. The man says it's gonna be hot as the devil. Trust me. Mookie, the last time I trusted you, we ended up with a son. Hey, Sal, I'm gonna put on a wall here. You want brothers on the wall? Get your own place. You can do what you want to do. What I tell you about that noise? What I tell you about that picture? Y'all uh, take a chill. You might just sign a petition to boycott Sal's famous pizzeria. And that's the double truth. I can't even hear myself think! So, Do the Right Thing is one of Spike Lee's most well-received films. The premise is relatively simple. A Brooklyn neighborhood is boiling over in the summer heat, and racial tensions are running high. And smack in the middle of all of this is a pizza shop run by an Italian man and his two sons. The movie takes us into the shoes of several characters. Spike Lee himself plays the main character, Mookie, but also features Samuel L. Jackson, Daniel Aiello, John Turturro, Martin Lawrence, and many, many others. And honestly, there is so much to unpack here, both as a film and a cultural statement. So I think we just got to jump right into it. Drew, let's start with you. Yeah, first of all, we wanted to give kind of a disclaimer off the bat because this is, is one of the most culturally significant movies of all time and there are dozens of scholars that have dedicated their lives to this type of thing and dissected it and done 30 page essays on it we want to be clear about this we are not said scholars we want to be as educated as those people are one day as far as the history of film and the cultural significance of race and film and in art in general but it's just not something we can do in the 20 to 25 minute <laughs> format it's just not possible um, right. so if you are really interested in going into a really, really deep dive, I'm sure Roger Ebert has a fantastic review of this. Uh, there are, I'm sure many essays that you can look at. We are just going to try to boil down to what we think of it as a film. We can't get too much into the subtext, even though the subtext is so important to this movie. Having grown up my entire life hearing about this film, yesterday was the first time that I watched this film, um... You just hear so much that you kind of hype movies up in your head. There's a barrier that you have to overcome. You have to overcome the don't let the overwhelming public opinion shape what you think of the movie. You know that Casablanca is supposed to be a classic, but don't let what other people think of it shape what you think of it. So it's very refreshing when I'm watching a movie and I feel like a movie is living up to 
its monumental reputation. And again, it takes a lot because it has a little bit of work to do to win me over as far as, you know, is this movie an all-time great? And absolutely. Like, this movie is volatile. It's energetic. It has a place in today just in how it deals with racism and how it uses the heat of the sun literally as a metaphor for the heat and the simmering racial tensions. It's got amazing performances. It's got really well-written dialogue. The directorial style is one of a kind. And the third act of this movie is jaw-dropping. Final 20 to 30 minutes of this movie are so gripping and so intensely well-made. It's unforgettable. It's classic. And you don't often hear me saying that too much. Um, Do the Right Thing is a phenomenal movie. It's really, really great. Especially in today's current bitter climate. This movie could have been made yesterday. Yeah, definitely agree with a lot of the sentiments you're putting down there, Drew. Let's hear what Jake has to say. Yeah, um, you know, like Andrew said, one of the all-time great cultural movies. I mean, it's a great movie, period, but it's all-time great, you know, cultural impact kind of movies. If you take film courses that have to do with, you know, like race race topics, this movie's going to get brought up. It's really, really great. That being said, like Andrew said, I thought the same thing. I watched this movie for the second time yesterday. And I couldn't believe how accurate, unfortunately, it still holds up today. Even some resemblances toward the end, unbelievable. Totally unbelievable. Um, and truthfully, if I'm going to swallow my pride and be honest, this is one of the movies that has so much going on. Even though I love film, I've been really into film for years now, there's still so much in this movie that I, I'm not even able to comprehend everything Spike Lee is throwing at me. There's so much going on and so much to grasp. I've seen it twice and I still recognize that I'm not quite getting everything he's saying. I'm sure I'm not. Um, that being said, it's great. Um, every character is meaningful and has something to do and gets enough screen time. The story is relatable. Every Everybody's working hard. Everybody's dealing with the summer heat. Like Andrew said, the heat is a metaphor, which is awesome. It's just every single thing in this movie means something and has a point and has a purpose and it all builds up and ties in to a remarkable third act. It's just, it's really amazing. It's really something you got to sit down, give your undivided attention to, and just watch great filmmaking at work. Nice. If you guys will indulge me a little bit on the on the cooking metaphors, this movie is like trying to boil a pot of water, and it isn't boiling until water is splashing out the top of the pot. And this whole movie is like a very slow simmer until it explodes to this third act that we keep talking about. Spike Lee focuses a lot of his movies on racism and they all do slightly different things with it. But I think this is the definitive Spike Lee movie. It's gotta be, yeah. Because whenever he handles this subject, he's not a finger wagger. He literally just puts it on the screen and lets you figure out what you want to take away from it. And there's always good people on one side of the issue and bad people on one side of the issue, and then they flip-flop. And you aren't sure who you're supposed to be rooting for because it's grounded and real and all the characters act like actual human beings where no one is perfect and no one knows how to handle these serious issues. Right. And Spike Lee never throws the message in your face saying, this is what I want you to do. He's saying, this is the problem. Mm Mm-hmm. What we do with it from here, that's anybody's guess, but 
I need to show you what the problem is. Because half the time, the issue is that no one is talking about the problem. Yes. Whether racism, poverty, whatever you want to throw at it. Uh, Nate, you're right. Like Spike Lee is not expecting us to have an answer for this. He is just alerting us to what is going on right now. This is the reality of the situation. You decide what needs to be done about it. Here's what's been done about it in the past. A lot of it, this movie, is based off of the parallels between Martin Luther King Jr.'s style of going about equality and Malcolm X. And, of course, the Malcolm X part really gets, you know, the violence that kind of boils up in the last 30 minutes is a big part of that. He makes you uncomfortable because his filmmaking is so unique and special that it goes against all the conventions that we've learned as a film. He knows that, like, a conventional story structure is not necessarily needed if your characters and your actors are so strong. He lets these very colorful characters kind of guide the day along. There's not a specific structure to what's going on, but everything just fits into place perfectly. It's really wonderful to see how all of the pieces are set up and all the motivations are set up throughout the day so that when that climax does come into play, it doesn't feel like out of nowhere. Like, it feels like, yes, this is logically what would happen in this situation, especially with the circumstances that are around. And he also uses his camera and his editing to make you uncomfortable. A lot of the extreme close-ups at very severe angles. A lot of the time he puts characters in the middle of the frame. We've been taught rule of thirds, putting them kind of a little off-center to the left or to the right. He often doesn't do that. And he's doing that to reinforce his themes of making you uncomfortable with what you are watching. It's a master at work. Yeah. And he and he builds tension really well. I kind of like, you know, when it was saying it's a slow cooker, um, things simmer, but he immediately um, immediately addresses the heat. And I think in every single shot, he shows you it's a hot day. Every single shot just reinstates it is a brutally hot day. Everybody's mad when it's hot. Then you, he gets into the racial tensions and, you know, the struggles and the, you know, hardworking man, the everyday working man, the guy who had a rough life growing up, the guy who has a hard life now. And everybody's tensions just build and build and build. And that is just great writing and directing. But, like, the movie's two hours. And it's a two-hour buildup. When Radio Rahim and um, Sal, who owns the pizza place, are getting in each other's face, when Sal brings the bat up, you could just feel yourself going, nope, because you know where this is going to go. Please don't. Please don't do it. It's just going to get so much worse. Bashes the one thing Radio Rahim cares about is radio. Great. He did it. Raider Rahim throws him over the counter. Great. Escalation. The family gets involved. The other people get involved. Even before that, he throws the racial slur out. Here we go. You just feel everything building and building and escalating and escalating. The entire time, you can just, as if you were there thinking, please no, please don't do it. Please don't say it. Great, he said it. Like everything you're just so afraid of happening, happens. And just great tension building across the board. And the fact that we know that violence is going to happen... It's just mm-hmm. a matter of when it, it just hits you like a like a tidal wave when it does show up. I kind of think it's interesting how he presents what was happening, but he doesn't like say who's right or wrong. Like Radio Rahim and Buggin' Out are the two characters that kind of get the brunt of it the most. Of course, Radio Rahim loses his life, Buggin' Out gets arrested. But obviously John Turturro's character is pretty racist, but there is an argument to be made, you know, is Sal doing anything wrong? It's his establishment. 
he's not obviously helping the situation, but they are coming into his place and causing a ruckus. So right. it's a matter of like, but at the same time, you see where they're coming from. They want to be represented. They are the majority right. of his customer base. They want to see themselves represented. You can see where both sides, and I kept going back and forth in my mind, and I don't know how you guys felt about this, but I, at one point I was like, Sal is not being great to them. Um, but at the same time, they're kind of making and escalating the situation by acting the way that they are. So it's a right. matter of like, who is right and wrong? And I think the answer is no one's right. I think my favorite part about this whole this whole microcosm of racism is that none of it is politically based. Obviously, us living in 2018, so much of politics is racial now. Right. And it's kind of unfortunate that we're still at this point when this movie came out in 1989 and we're still having these conversations and we're going to probably continue having these conversations for a long time to come. Yeah, it's like borderline worse now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, the movie ends with two quotes about how to change racial tension and the two quotes that he uses, one from Martin Luther King about how violence just causes more violence and it's all about shutting the other side down and it goes nowhere. And then Malcolm X's retort to that, if you will, where peaceful protest does nothing when people in power don't listen. And in this microcosm of a movie, the people in power is a pizza shop. Right. And just taking all that and saying, like, at the end of the day, if you were just walking down the street and a pizza shop had Italian celebrities on the wall, you wouldn't care. But this movie says this is just one little way that racism just perpetuates through our entire lives and there's power hierarchies in a pizza right. shop that's fascinating right there's only one reference to a public official in the entire movie i think i'm pretty sure um and it's near the end samuel jackson saying that the mayor is com coming down to try to avoid the violence and stuff like that and that's the only time after all the dust has already settled yeah and he specifically says the mayor that destruction of property is not to be tolerated. Not that somebody lost their lives. Yeah, right. But that a pizza place has been burned down. That's the important part of the story. And again, it still strikes home today. Like, Yeah. And there's an updated version of what Spike Lee tried to do here that just came out a couple months ago. Like he achieved with Black Klansman, which is probably one of his best movies in years, if I've heard from the critical consensus. And he achieves kind of the same thing. He contextualized a story that takes place in the past and makes us realize, holy crap, nothing is changing. Yeah. Maybe we'll do Black Klansman as another freeze frame one day, but the last two minutes of that movie. Right, it's the exact is same thing. Such a yeah. gut punch. If you if you want to a good introduction to Spike Lee, though, I'd definitely check that one out because this is obviously a very unconventional film that mm. doesn't follow a normal movie structure. Black Klansman is a much more traditional film that has a plot and a through line um but still has all the spikely tendencies of throwing stuff in your face that you might not be prepared for but the common theme through all his movies is wake up right and yes he wants you to be aware of something that a lot of people just don't even think about yeah some people need structure and that's fine you know black Klansman mm -hmm. is a good choice for that like don't start with chirac don't start with bamboozled two movies that oh God, we no. have seen snippets <laughs> of and are harsh, like in a Spike Lee way. And that's fine. Do the Right Thing has more structure than those movies. But yeah, I would agree that Black Klansman is a good introduction. 
um, and then make your way to this because this is his magnum opus. I don't know if he'll ever top this. Yeah, and I think it's – I also think it's fascinating how unfortunately Radio Rahim, you know, is choked to death from behind, you know, and – um, it just happened recently with with Eric Garner. He couldn't breathe and he was choked in a chokehold from behind. And that's how Radio Rahim died in this movie in 1989. Like it, the parallels and comparisons are scary. The riots, the deaths, how we handle it, the racial tensions building. It is, it is actually crazy and honestly scary how similar times are now opposed to when this movie was made in 1989. But, you know, like we said, we're not going to solve racism in this podcast in 20 minutes. Mm. But that being said, this movie has so much to dissect. But yeah, like like these guys said also, this is this is a movie you have to be ready for. It's an experience. You don't just sit down and throw this on. You have to know what you're getting into. But if you're ready for it, and like Spike Lee says, wake up, what a movie this is. What a movement this movie is as well. For sure. So we're obviously getting a little crunch for time here, gentlemen. But Jake, just final thoughts. Um, what do you think of the movie? Um, this is quite the difficult movie to rate. Um, I like to reserve Royal Thrones for movies that are pretty much just like an all-timer or like what I think may end up being my favorites, but truthfully, I don't I don't see how I can. This movie's just so impactful and so well-made. Even if it's a movie that I wouldn't want to watch like on a monthly or even yearly basis, it's just so well-made that I have to throw it a Royal Throne. I just have to. The, how good it is, how relevant it still is today, the how well it's made, um, everything that you can tell is put into it. It's just... He gets a really interesting wide array of personalities and makes all of them work. Like, I think everybody can watch this movie and get something out of it. Whether you agree with Spike Lee or not, you can watch this movie and, you know, relate to something, understand someone, even if it's just struggling in the heat, like, and getting angered and, you know, understanding where people are coming from. I think you can get it. And this is just an overall really well-written, well-directed, just top-to-bottom acted, well-made movie. It's just so much good stuff going on. I th- I got to give it a royal throne. It's just so it's it's really really something. All right, Drew, on to you. Uh, what do you think of the movie? Some final thoughts, and what would you rate? Do the right thing. I mean, Spike Lee is a great director and writer, and obviously his work here is unparalleled and unmatched by anything else he's done in his career. But I think the cast that he assembled is really important here. Um, Danny Aiello was really amazing in this. Uh, in a role that was originally meant for Robert De Niro, actually, he disappears into it. He, it's just the perfect embodiment of a character. All these flawed characters, Ruby D, Giancarlo Esposito, Spike Lee himself is actually really good in this. Yeah. Uh, John Turturro, Samuel Jackson, the list goes on and on. The important thing is everything that needed to work for this to be as impactful as it was works. You know, we see so many movies that waste potential like this. It's really nice to see one that gets the maximum out of what it's trying to say. My big thing, the only thing, I, it's not even a negative, it's just that there's a lot to take in. This movie requires multiple viewings, and yes. I feel like it's a tough multiple viewings movie because you know what's coming the whole time. The impact probably won't be as strong another time. Although, Jake, you've seen it twice now, and you can probably dispute that. So I can't say for sure. On my first viewing, I have to give it a royal throne. It's on an all-time classics kind of list it's definitely in my top 250 ever great filmmakers shine the most when they have a direct focused vision and spike lee has that here with do the right thing Alrighty, this movie i feel it's almost hard to classify as a movie because it's just one of those projects that is a once in a lifetime kind of thing and other movies will try to emulate it and they have i can kind of consider this less of a film and more of a 
cultural touchstone, kind of like how Citizen Kane and Godfather define cinema. Like, this is its own unique project. And on that merit alone, it's already a plush recliner. But to have it also be a coherent, well-crafted, well-directed story on top of that, right up there to Royal Throne as well. Wow, first time ever. Is it, is this a triple triple crown? I think it's the first time. I ever, think it's yeah. the first triple crown. So yes. I think I think we have to call this a golden throne, right? If I'm not mistaken, gentlemen, this is a first for the middle seats. Uh, there should be a caveat on this. Like, it's do the right thing. Like, um, we're not giving yeah. this to Geostorm. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's just one of those experiences that definitely give this one a shot because this is one of those experiences that you have to just take in and see what you think. And there are a million and a half ways to interpret it. It's purposely open-ended that way. Um, But it's all about starting the conversation. And I think with that, that'll do it for this review of Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing. For us at The Middle Seats, here's how you can get in touch with us. You can like, comment, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also listen to us on the go on both SoundCloud and iTunes. Uh, For any questions, comments, and updates on the show, keep an eye on our Facebook and Twitter, both at The Middle Seats. And if you like what you hear and you want to see more content, let us know and spread the word. So that'll do it for this week's Freeze Frame at The Middle Seats, where Nate Lungarini, Andrew Jay, and Jake Hensler keep that seat warm, everyone, and we will be back soon.